Hello everybody and welcome into episode number 108 of the Bible 2021 podcast. We're reading the 10th chapter of Matthew today and our focus is on why we must lose our lives for Jesus and can Christians bless houses, huh? Well, it's a daily 10-minute podcast where we go chapter by chapter through the Word of God, reading five New Testament chapters a week, two Old Testament chapters. Welcome to new listeners in Laguna, Philippines, London, United Kingdom, Ontario, Canada, Assam, India, Salinas, California, Phoenix, Arizona, Grand Rapids, Michigan, and Nashville, Tennessee. Thank you all for listening Please consider sharing the show with your friends and neighbors. Post about it on Facebook, text people, all that kind of good stuff. Let's start today with the less serious of our two topics. I suppose I framed the question a little bit cheekily in the title, but it is kind of a legit question when you read the text. Can followers of Jesus somehow bless households or houses or families in a household? And the answer appears to be yes, because Matthew 10, 12, and 13 says... Greet a household when you enter it, and if the household is worthy, let your peace be on it. But if it is unworthy, let your peace return to you. So, among evangelical Christians, I would rank this command of Jesus amongst the lowest followed and obeyed commands. How often have you blessed a household when you've entered it? How often have you allowed your peace to rest on a household? And what does that even mean, to let your peace rest on a household or return to you? Well, I think Luke 10.5 will likely help us to understand this passage a little better. Luke records Jesus saying, Whatever house you enter, first say peace to this household. If a person of peace is there, your peace will rest on him. But if not, it will return to you. So I think this is Jesus telling his disciples and his followers, to pronounce a blessing of peace on a house and household that they visit. And the blessing seems to be much more targeted towards the people of the house rather than the house itself. And you can see that where Jesus says, if a person of peace is there, your peace will rest on him. But it is a blessing. Now, if you're familiar with the Old Testament, you will know that the priests in the Old Testament gave blessings, and maybe the most famous one is the Aaronic blessing or the priestly blessing that you might have heard from the blessing song that came out last year. We read it in Numbers 6, 22 through 26. The Lord spoke to Moses, Tell Aaron and his sons, This is how you are to bless the Israelites. You should say to them, May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look with favor on you and give you peace. So God's priests were to bless God's people. Now you might be thinking that you don't have to worry about doing such a thing or that it wouldn't be effective if you were because you're not a priest. But au contraire, mon frère, if you are in Jesus, you are indeed a priest. 1 Peter 2.9 says you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his possession so that you may proclaim the praises of the one who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So, as God's royal priests, you and I should bless a household of people when we visit. Now, let's read our whole passage today in Matthew 10. Dive a little bit deeper. This is in the Christian Standard Bible, verse 1. Summoning his twelve disciples, Jesus gave them authority over unclean spirits 
to drive them out and to heal every disease and sickness. These are the names of the twelve apostles. First, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Thaddeus, Simon the zealot, and Judas Iscariot, who also betrayed him. Jesus sent out these twelve after giving them instructions. Don't take the road that leads to the Gentiles and don't enter any Samaritan town. Instead, go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. As you go, proclaim the kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those with leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Don't acquire gold, silver, or copper for your money belts. Don't take a traveling bag for the road or an extra shirt, sandals, or a staff for the worker is worthy of his food. When you enter any town or village, find out who is worthy and stay there until you leave. Greet a household when you enter it, and if the household is worthy, let your peace be on it. But if it is unworthy, let your peace return to you. If anyone does not welcome you or listen to your word, shake the dust off your feet. When you leave that house or town, truly I tell you, it will be more tolerable on the day of judgment for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah than for that town. Look, I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves. Therefore, be as shrewd as serpents and as innocent as doves. Beware of them, because they will hand you over to local courts and flog you in their synagogues. You will even be brought before governors and kings because of me to bear witness to them and to the Gentiles. But when they hand you over, don't worry about how or what you are to speak, for you will be given what to say at that hour. Because it isn't you speaking, but the spirit of your father is speaking through you. Brother will betray brother to death, and a father his child. Children will rise up against parents and have them put to death. You will be hated by everyone because of my name, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. When they persecute you in one town, flee to another. For truly I tell you, you will not have gone through the towns of Israel before the Son of Man comes. A disciple is not above his teacher or a slave above his master. It is enough for a disciple to become like his teacher and a slave like his master. If they called the head of the house Beelzebul, how much more the members of his household. Therefore, don't be afraid of them, since there is nothing covered that won't be uncovered and nothing hidden that won't be made known. What I tell you in the dark, speak in the light. What you hear in a whisper, proclaim on the housetops. Don't fear those who kill the body but are not able to kill the soul. Rather, fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell." Aren't two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them falls to the ground without your father's consent. But even the hairs of your head have all been counted, so don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. Therefore, everyone who will acknowledge me before others, I will also acknowledge him before my father in heaven. But whoever denies me before others, I will also deny him before my father in heaven. Don't assume that I came to bring peace on the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I came to turn a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and a man's enemies will be the members of his household. The one who loves a father or more mother more than me is not worthy of me. The one who loves a son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever doesn't take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Anyone who finds his life will lose it. And anyone who loses his life because of me will find it. The one who welcomes you welcomes me, and the one who welcomes me welcomes him who sent me. Anyone who welcomes a prophet because he is a prophet will receive a prophet's reward, and anyone who welcomes a righteous person because he is righteous will receive a righteous person's reward. And whoever gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones because he is a disciple, truly I tell you, he will never lose his reward. 
Verse 39 sticks out to me as a vital teaching of Jesus. Anyone who finds his life will lose it. Anyone who loses his life because of me will find it. Now, Jesus expands on that concept a little bit later in Matthew 16, 25. He says, for whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life because of me will find it. This is serious business. Like, your life is at stake kind of serious business. And it's very upside down and counterintuitive as much of Jesus' teaching on the kingdom of God is. He says, if you want to find eternal life in Jesus, you must lose sovereignty over your own life, bowing the knee to Jesus. Let's allow our friend Charles Spurgeon to splash some ice cold and sobering water into our face with his commentary on this passage. Spurgeon says, God grant you the grace to say, what can it matter to me what men say about me as long as I'm right? They cannot break bones with their jokes, and if they did, there have been Christians who have not only suffered the breaking of the bones, but the burning of their whole bodies for Jesus' sake sooner than deny his sacred claims. What did Jesus say? He that loses his life for my sake will find it. He who, to gain the whole world, would keep back a solitary truth is a huge loser for his pains. He is mean and base and not worthy to be numbered amongst those who follow the Lamb wherever he goes. Oh, if I speak to one who hesitates, let me remind him that, whatever it may look like tonight to be a daring step decided for Christ, it will look very differently soon when the great trumpet shall sound and ring over the earth and the sea, and the dead will rise, and the judgment seat shall be set, and the great white throne of God will be unveiled. Then it will be seen to be a far more desperate, daring thing to deny the Lord, even to save life itself. What will the cowards do in that day who, to please men, forsook their Lord? What will they do who suppress truth and stifled conscience when the shepherd Jesus begins to divide the goats and the sheep from each other? Aye, what will they do who find themselves driven away with the goats, though once they half decided to be numbered with the sheep. They were near the fold, but never entered. What will they feel when he will say, Depart, depart, I know you not. You knew me not in the day of my humiliation. You were ashamed of me in the world. You blushed at my name. You covered up what was in your conscience in order to avoid man's laughter and rebuke. You did not know me, and now I don't know you. Depart, depart. In proportion to the light against which you have shut your eyes will be your horror when that light shall blind you into the eternal night. In proportion to the violence which you have done to your conscience will be the terror which your awakened consciences will work in you. In proportion to the nearness of the kingdom within you which you came shall be the dreadful distance to which you will be driven. Again, sobering words from Jesus, sobering words from Spurgeon. Let us not want to save our lives to the point that we lose them, but let us lose our life to Jesus so that we will find our lives truly. Let's close with our memory verse for the month of April, James 4, 6. But he gives greater grace, therefore he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Amen. May the Lord give you a good Lord's Day, friends. Good day and Godspeed.